Well, what a week. What a week. What a huge week. What yes. a huge week for ASIO. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just ongoing, Yeah, really. it, it, today we want to talk about the threat assessment. Yes. ASIO's threat assessment. Mike Burgess standing up in front of the press corps and going, all right, guys, this is what we've discovered in the last year. Yep. Because it's blown out of all proportion. Yes, and there's a lot for us to unpack here. Yeah. Um, I don't really want to get into it right now. I don't. I want to do it after the little bit of introduction plays and all of that, but I really want to talk Tinder because I, I got Tinder lessons from my son. And I can't wait for your boomer take It's going to be so sad. Great. You're listening to I Spied, the dating app of Australian intelligence. Swipe left, swipe left. Oh, swipe right. Oh, swipe left. Peter Dutton, left, 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 left. Hello and welcome to I Spied. My name's Michelle Stevenson. I'm here with David Callan. And we're talking, of course, about ASIO Director General Mike Burgess's annual threat assessment, which happened not that long ago. Now, a lot of stuff has come out of this. So we're going to touch on things like dating apps. I know yep. this was a big one. Yep. The Puppeteer. And I love that. They've actually given him a great code name. They the have. Puppeteer is really cool. They have. And also, I want to tackle the politicisation of ASIO because a lot of this is happening now mm. and there's a lot to discuss. But before we get to that, yep. I just want to have a brief segue away from this because mm-hmm. this is something that happened and it was something I just wanted to touch on. Yep. The 13-foot table between Emmanuel Macron and <laughs> – just because I think this is really interesting. Oh, the Ukraine table. The Ukraine table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Table. The, the, the Macron versus Putin. Putin table. So there was 13 – apparently 13 feet, which I don't know what that is. Well, if you look really careful in the middle, meters. there was a little net. So afterwards yes. they were going to play ping pong. Yes. Um. Now, the reason why this was interesting is now Reuters said the reason for this yeah. was that Macron refused to do a Russian COVID test because he did not want to give away his DNA. DNA to the Russians, and I thought we should briefly touch on this because it's very interesting. I think that's very reasonable. Yeah. I think that's actually a really smart move for him to go, yeah, no, you can't have my DNA. Because as much as we go, as much as we talk about this stupid stuff, and James Bond, the mm. latest James Bond, mm. had the, you know, the nanotech yes. uh, <laughs> genetically directed disease to kill very specific people. Giving someone your genetic code is could be a problem because the, the Russians aren't backwards and coming forwards when it comes to chemical and genetic weaponry. No. That they are developing chemical weapons. I mean, Novajak or whatever it is, the Novichok, uh, yep. the the contact nerve agent, they, they will play with it. And, you know, it's quite reasonable for him to go, no, I'm not going to give you my test. So do you think this is something that they would be thinking? No, I honest to God don't think they would have been thinking that far ahead. I don't okay. think the Russians would go, this is our chance to get his DNA and turn him into a frog. <laughs> but it's very interesting that the French are thinking this and Emmanuel Macron is taking these precautions. And I just, when I read that, I was like, this is fresh off a James Bond movie. Uh, yeah, but also I think it's a really great way to get inside Putin's head as well. Because mm. the whole thing is, yeah, you, you've got to do our our PCR test to do this, or you've got to do our rat test, or yes. whatever they call it. You've yes. got to do our test if you're going to sit down yep. with our president, or you can sit at the end of a 13-foot table. Well, you know what? I'll sit at the end of the 13-foot table just to see if you've got a 13-foot table. Oh, <laughs> you've 
do. Look at that. And also, it means there's a couple of Red Army soldiers who are going to lift up this bloody table, drag it into that room. Yes. And, you know, there has got to be some way of, like, going, no, we're not going to play the game all the way. Now, Macron's doing the right thing at the moment and yep. there has been a bit of troop withdrawal from the Ukraine, mm. right, which is a good sign. Yes. Uh, also, there is footage of a train full of huge mobile flamethrowers. Uh, yeah, which like, is – I just love the whole cachet of um, weaponry that we're, we're uh, seeing and the troops on the ground. And, you know, by the time this it goes to air, we're probably hitting World War Three. We could knows? be in World yeah. War III. Or the other thing is the Ukrainians could just like go, oh, look, you know, we're just going to join Russia. What the hell? It yeah. will never happen. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, or yeah. NATO might go, you know, we're sick of this. Let's just go home. Yeah. Again, this is one of those fluid situations. But with the 13-foot table – Yep. I just think it was a really nice piece of <laughs> it, just, it looks good. Yeah, it was it really was uh for want of a better phrase, it was a get your dicks on the table. And yep. you know, Putin went, Well, if we're gonna get our dicks on a table, I need a thirteen foot, foot table. table. And Macron went I'll throw it down. I'm happy to put my penis on your large table and watch it hang over the other end. <laughs> okay, so right. let's park that now. Yeah. Let's get I into. Think we really need to after the idea of two 13 foot penises <laughs> be, being used in diplomatic negotiations. Yes, let's stop that there. And let's be honest, that's exactly what they're doing, com- is, comparing dick sizes. I honestly, I honestly yeah, yeah, yeah. believe the UN needs one of those mm. milliner's tables with yeah. the, the measuring rod on yeah, the side that yeah. you see at Spotlight. Yeah. You need one of those, and it's literally to, to the first person to debate is the person with the largest penis. <laughs> okay. right. You walk up the table, flop it out, and it's like, yeah, you took it for it. Okay, speaking of penis. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm doing this segue into dating apps <laughs> because um, one of the things that came out of the annual threat assessment was dating apps and how how people are using Tinder, Hinge, yep. Bumble to, you know, maybe get foreign spies are getting people to swipe right to kind of get their attention and also get into their brain. Now, this is an interesting thing because, uh, you know, when this all came up, I have no knowledge of dating mm. apps. I have no need for dating apps. I am happily married and I'm, I'm literally staring down the barrel. I'm yes. not literally. I'm I'm one year of staring down the barrel of my 25th wedding anniversary. Oh, my gosh. I How met- did she do that? <laughs> She deserves a medal. She trained me very well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I trained her very well, but she doesn't know she's trained. Um, <laughs> now, I met my wife when she tried to throw an ashtray at me when I was on stage yes. at the comedy store. We all know this story, yep. right? Um, so dating apps to me are an anathema. My son, though, both yes. my sons, well, one of my sons, the other one won't tell us anything about his life because he's one of those He's a teenager. Things. Well, he's one of those ones who can shut up and in my room. Yeah. When he was Which isolated for seven days, we didn't notice because it was just the same. Yeah. But <laughs> my older son, he's used dating apps and he yep. sort of he, he went, let me walk you through it. We sat down in the pub and had a beer and we talked about dating apps. Now, the thing about it is dating apps work on a – the algorithm looks for what you want, right? Yes. The algorithm will always find yeah, – yeah. but also you've got your daily hits and your, your, mm-hmm. the, the people that everyone likes to swipe right on. The whole thing with this is it's the idea of looking at someone's profile and then cultivating – a persona yes. that can then attract that profile. Yes. And essentially, I think the way it would work is it's like building a legend or a cover for yes. a, an intelligence officer where you've got to make sure that all the T's are crossed, all the dies are dotted. You've got to make sure that everything that goes into this profile matches the person you're targeting. And also, the most important thing is the other people that swipe right on that profile yes. that you're targeting towards your... You're basically selling yourself to the person that you want yeah. to get. And and what we've seen before, and we've spoken about this um, before in previous episodes, is LinkedIn, The how LinkedIn was being used. So, exactly. So this, this is kind of a, a new iteration of like this whole social media access. But also it comes down to that fact, that, and it is, it's just a, it's a variation 
variation of the honey trap. All right? It is a variation of the honey trap. It's like a digital version of the honey trap. That's all it is. In fact, it's a it's a better honey trap because yes. it's a much you get a much broader catch. Well, also you can fake you can fake the person. Like that person probably doesn't look like that. Now I do want to I do want to briefly interrupt because this was something that popped up when they were talking about this. They said the chair of the Joint Committee on Intelligence and Security, Senator mm-hmm. James Patterson, pretty much put it really bluntly. So if you have access to sensitive information in your line of work. And all of a sudden you get contact on a social media platform that seems too good to be true. Let's be direct about this. If you're a six and they're a 10, it might not be uh, your looks that they've been charmed by. So if you're a six and they're a 10, it's not your looks they're charmed by. So blunt. Yeah, it's too good to be true. But here's the thing. If you're a really smart operator, you're not going to put yourself out there as a 10. You're going to put yourself out there as an eight. Yeah, right. right. You're not going to be the absolutely glamorous, oh, my God, this is the, the perfect woman. You don't want to if, – if I'm trying to uh, attract a male, I don't want to be the perfect woman. If I'm trying to attract a female, I don't want to be the perfect man. I want to be as close to what you're looking for as possible, but I want a few little flaws in there. I want to be real. Yeah. The other thing is the people that swipe right on that profile that I've created to attract you – Yeah. I want to make sure that the people that have been swiping right on me are the kind of people that you go, oh, yeah, I can see why they mm. like that. Right. So you want to have like people. Right. So not only am I creating the profile to attract you, I'm mm. creating a series of profiles behind that to make you think that this is the right person. And that was, I mean, the Stasi used to do it brilliantly in West Germany. They'd send over, uh, they called ravens. Yep. Um, uh, so really nice, very sophisticated and stylish men and they would work on, like the American typist in the embassy, they'd work yep. on that girl who's there alone. She's young. She's single. It's a, you know, She's in Berlin. It's all very exciting. And would start this relationship. And that's how they get in, right? So it's that idea of being bigger than, uh, slightly larger than life, but not perfect. Now, and I would imagine that they would have multiple personas who oh. would be reaching out to people yep. and it what's so what was so interesting is like I wonder how many how many men or or females are, are like sitting there who you know work yeah. work in security and just go oh hang on I have been getting a few hits on yeah. tinder lately oh I can guarantee you there would be a lot of them going I'm going to delete this app now yeah, and I'm right. going to start again. Yeah. Right? There would have been a lot of people that went, hang on a minute, this is getting it. Yeah. And the other, the most important thing is when these sort of contacts happen, you should report them. There's, I don't know if you saw the um, case. It was just in the paper the other day about Gary Bainbridge, yep. the guy who did Grilled and was the on the chairman of the board for Lark Distilleries and all this no, stuff. No, I didn't see this. Oh, right. This guy goes out in a bar. He's a businessman. Mm. In, he's in Southeast Asia. He goes into a bar after having a couple of meetings, having a drink. Girl walks up, starts chatting to her. They're having a really nice time. She says, look, would you like to come to a party? He said, yeah, that sounds great. Let's go. And she said, look, I've got to swing by my place first um, yep. to pick something up. Do you want to come? Yeah, that's fine. Gets there. Want to join? Yep. Wakes up the uh, next morning. Right. And there's a guy standing over him holding a phone with video of this Bainbridge with a, a meth pipe. Smoking meth pipe. Oh, you're talking about the, the yeah, yeah, CEO yeah, yeah. of Cruelty. Right. Yeah, yeah, But that the, what, it, what the thing was, and as he said – in that moment, he claims. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. But look at it this way. This is really, <laughs> really important thing to remember. All right. Yeah. Uh, with this situation, is even if it was something that he'd done before, and yep. I'm not saying he did or he didn't because that would be. Litigious. He looked like he knew how to smoke that ice pipe. Wow, that's really. Uh, just was, so everyone knows, uh, I do not endorse that comment because I don't want to get sued. No, no the whole. No, thing- but like he. He looked like he knew what he was doing. I'm sorry, but he did. I haven't seen the video. 
Have, right. you, have you seen the video? Uh, yeah. Oh, I haven't seen it. Now, the, the, but the, just to go back to it, as he said, I was so under pressure and I didn't know what to do that I just started mm. giving the money, okay. right? Now, the whole thing with that is the first thing you do is tell someone. Yeah. Even if it's your lawyer. Yeah. Because as soon as it goes to the lawyer- Then, so then they, can, they can back you up. They can back you up. Yes. Now, with ASIO, if you start getting caught in something on Tinder or Bumble or Grindr yes. or whatever rap is your, your cup of tea, right, and something seems fishy, you're duty-bound to report that. Yes. Right. So the fact that they've actually got to turn around and go, well, now that's ASIO. Now, if you're working in government, any government area, and you're handling sensitive information, get off Tinder. Well, go out and you know, join go to a, a bar. Yeah, join a, a jogging group. I, I don't, don't know. know. There's been a pandemic. People yeah. aren't. Me- it's really hard for people to meet someone. That's true. Like- <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, let's move on. We'll get into yeah. um, the whole puppeteer because this is something that really lends itself to also the politicisation of ASIO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Labor Senator Kimberly Kitching used a parliamentary privilege to name who she thinks is the reliably informed person. She's uh-huh. claiming it's a Chinese businessman by the name of Chow Chuck Wing. Yep. Now I really think this is opening a can of worms because by using parliamentary privilege, she put it out there, which I think was not the best. But before we get into that, let's just play a little bit of what Burgess, when he was giving this uh, threat assessment, had to say about this idea of the security. Yeah. The employer hired by the puppeteer began identifying candidates likely to run in the election who either supported the interests of the foreign government or who were assessed as vulnerable to inducements and cultivation. The employer used existing relationships with politicians, staffers and journalists to select potential targets. Now, it was really interesting because once Kimberly Kitching like kind of named, she was questioning mm. Burgess on yep. this. He's like, look, I, I'm, I'm not going to get into it. And now they're saying... Basically, we because now it's becoming a Labor Liberal thing. So I, 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 this is so crazy to me because you know we're on the eve of yeah. an election, yeah. And I heard uh, Dutton this morning basically saying the reason why the Chinese are going to be you know going towards Labor is because they're weak. They're basically now I think going to be using this as a tool in their election arsenal to say, look at the opposition, yep. they're Chinese puppets yep. because this is the new fear. People there's are, a little problem with yep. this. There's a couple of real issues that are, are going to throw this into the – before we even get to the whole idea of politicising yep. ASIO intelligence, yep. the most important thing to remember is – and it was something that Burgess said. He basically turned around and said, I'm sorry, but foreign interference is an equal opportunity employer. Yes, All right? yes. So, and the thing is when they're going, it's China, it's China, it's China, it is not just China. Yeah. It God, the foreign interference, definitely Russia would be having something to do with it simply because – we're an ally of their greatest threat. We're an ally of the United States. Anything they can do to disrupt our electoral process, that's gold to them. They don't even care about a result. 100%. They just want to get involved, all right? China would be involved. You'd probably find countries like Iran. There are a yeah. multitude of countries. You know what? God, New Zealand might have had a throw. And by the way, as much as we like to sort of like worry about China and Russia and all of these so-called target or mm. enemy countries or adversarial countries, there is also a foreign organisation that is controlling a lot of what goes on in our electoral process, and that's called the Murdoch Organisation. Now, the, in the fact that he's an American citizen, yes, he's an Australian. We all get that. It's an Australian organisation, blah, blah, blah. But he has a lot of control. Now, another interference, I, he's not foreign interference. As someone said, he's more of an alien interference is someone like Clive Palmer, right? Now, the thing with foreign interference or any kind of interference in the electoral process is when you talk about it being a an equal opportunity, right, the Liberal Party have 
believe they found a real wedge by saying China want labour. Yes, right. well, because funny. because they you know they've got this whole idea that it's each by elbow and that he's he's weak and that they're susceptible and open to and it. they're left wing and the Chinese yes. are left wing and yeah. it all when really it's not since so when much. has the Chinese been left wing by the way? Well, they, they're communist, but it's more. It's <laughs> I'm more, like, let's be honest, it's just an authoritarian yeah, regime with capitalism. Yeah. Um, now the other, yeah, they're, they're they're not that well left wing anymore. <laughs> like, they just I'm talk like, about. Oh it yes, they really you. care about the environment. Environment yeah. and like everything, you know what I mean. How much money did they have? All of it. Oh, yeah. that's right. Fine. Yeah, yeah. Right. But but before we get into this, I do want to ask you this question: yeah. Why would this Labor senator use parliamentary privilege to out this person? I just think it. She was ill-advised. I don't think she should have said it. I think also what it does mm. is it puts another wedge in between Australia and the Chinese because the Chinese are going to look at this and go, oh, what's going well, on? Well, the interesting thing about that is it comes down to what Burgess says. I'm not going to go into identity. Yes. right? Yes. Because it doesn't serve human. It doesn't serve ASIO any purpose. No. And therefore, it doesn't serve our national security any purpose. By naming the targets, by naming the perpetrators, it actually creates a a bigger problem for ASIO because now the targets know they're being watched yes. and we don't want this. Yes, and because right. what was really important, and I feel like this was missed by both sides of politics, is he said they did not know they were targets. Yeah. Like these, the, we when Albanese, the leader of the opposition, said he didn't know anything about this, he was correct. He was absolutely He was correct. absolutely correct. And what Burgess kind of reiterated was, a, they didn't know they were targets, and B, we foiled it before it actually progressed to that stage. And also there have been examples of this previously. Yes. Of, and it's not just been a Labor thing, it's also been a Liberal thing. And also this is the one thing, and I was thinking about this quite a lot last night, and it was watching um, – uh, having watched the briefings and having watched the episode of yep. 7.30 where he was interviewed by Lee Sales, all that sort of stuff. One of the things that came out was he was – when he said equal opportunity, yeah, I could get candidates in the Labor Party. I could get candidates yeah. in the Liberal Party. But can I tell you where I really want my candidates? I want them. I want them on the crossbench. 100%. Right. And not just the independents. I'm talking about things like UAP, FON, all of yeah. those different little parties because the thing is – if you're the swing vote, if you're the balancing yes. vote, you've got more influence 100%. than somebody who's a backbencher in the Labor or the Liberal Party, right? So this is the thing with foreign interference is it's a really, really dangerous thing to try and weaponise in Parliament. And that's the problem we've got now. When Scott Morrison called Anthony Albanese the Manchurian candidate, now I don't know if you're familiar with the movie, Right, or the book. Why don't right. you break it down for So people? essentially, Frank Sinatra plays the son of a US congressman yep. who's captured by the Chinese yes. uh, in, I think, the Korean War. Yep. He's caught by the Koreans. He's then taken with a group of other soldiers and they're brainwashed. Yep. They are brainwashed and then sent back to America. And it's basically, they've trained him, they, they brainwashed him to be an assassin for them. So when he gets the signal, he will, his conditioning will kick in and he will kill either the congressman, his father, or more likely the president. I think it was the president. I'm not mm. sure. But, I mean, it was actually – it was Frank Sinatra's big step into serious drama. Oh. It was very good too, right? So the thing with it is by calling him the Manchurian candidate, they're essentially saying you've been brainwashed by the Chinese and you're an assassin. Really, really, really stupid move. And also this whole the Reds, the Reds, the Reds. Uh, you know, the Chinese really want you. The mm. Chinese want you because you'll do what they tell you. Well, actually, I think the Chinese 
Chinese probably wouldn't mind the Labor Party because they'd probably be able to do business with the Chi- Labor yeah, Party. Yeah, I think a it's more. I would say that it's more about business, business interests than anything else. Like, I mean, when you look at what the Chinese are doing over here, a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, exports. Like, even our, you know, it's, buying up land. Like, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of financial interests that they have. Definitely. I mean, there's a great scene in Utopia where Rob Sitch is sitting there going, you know, what's it's got all these generals mm. around the table. It's like, well, why are we spending this money? Well, we've got to defend ourselves against China. Uh, we've got to defend our trade. Who do we trade with? China. So, yeah. hang, on, let me, hang on, let me get straight. We're defending yes. our trade with China against China. So it's that whole idea of, you know, the the craziness of this this bill. Our number one trading partner is, well, I think it's number two, is China. But I think part of the issue I have with this is the it has roots in kind of our, our racist ideology from like years ago. It used to be, you know, that it was communism. Um, well, it still is kind of communism. Reds under the bed, yeah. But yes, but now we really have this fear of the other, like this whole chasing of the idea that – because it's no longer stop the boats. We can't – they no, neither party can go on with that because we haven't had an issue Well, we we're, Well, also we don't know because we've got this very, very opaque government that – there's no transparency. We don't actually know what's yes. going because so, – So now they're, they're getting it out there. It's like stop this, you know, whole idea of the, the threat from the Chinese. Yeah. And while we're doing it, we're basically – upsetting them. We're pissing off our major trading. Yes. Yeah. Now, the interesting point when it comes to this is, as you said, China China just wanted to do business, mm. right? And they want Taiwan. Yep. Let, let's be honest. And there's all of that stuff about, you know, free navigation in the South China Sea and all that. Okay, that's all. That's, that's really a hard basket and it's going to take compromise to get around yeah. it. Yeah. Um, the same way Taiwan, that's going to take compromise and that's a totally different episode. I've got so much stuff on that. But when it comes to political influence – it's not just China that is doing this. And that's what we've really got to keep in mind. Yeah. But by getting up in Parliament and making it a yet red peril idea, I mean, it goes back to the Menzies era. Now, Menzies, the red peril and the yellow peril, and, you mm. know, the red menace, all that sort of stuff, that worked in droves because it was very, very simple to get that message out. Our information channels were extremely limited. Yep. Now we've got a lot broader information like access this sort of stuff is counterintuitive and counterproductive for everybody, particularly the organ- the, the party that is doing it. It's like, sit down, shut up. We don't want to hear this. The, it's interesting. Mike Burgess has been in the media quite a lot. Couldn't get him in an interview with us because I think he's scared of me. Uh, <laughs> either that or he's actually quite busy. Yeah, I think that's probably more <laughs> to it. Yeah, you got time to do the podcast? Yeah, no. No. Uh, now, the, he made a really interesting point. He wants ASIO to be as, tra- as transparent as possible. Yes. For a really important reason. He needs the the country to trust ASIO. Yes. If we if we don't know what ASIO is doing, yep. we don't trust them. All yep. right. It's that whole thing of oh, they're watching us. There's a really great story about they were called the um I can't remember the, like the, the, the watchers or the lurkers from the Ministry of Information during World War One. Mm. These were people that would just sit in pubs and listen to conversations. Yeah. Sit right. on trains. Sit on you know sitting around and just listening to people talk and then go and report that what people were saying to yep. the Ministry of information. Now, everyone thought, we can't let anyone know about this because they'll think we're watching them. It turns out when the public found out that they were doing it, the public actually went, oh, that's great because it wasn't the ministry oh, they felt going, protected. Well, the ministry weren't going, what are they saying? Shut them up. The ministry were going, what's the vibe out there? How are they feeling? Right, they're really scared about this. All right, let's send a message out that, that fixes that problem. Yes. So the fact if, if ASIO know what we're thinking and we want to know what ASIO are doing, 
there's a much better synergy between the country yeah, and its security service. Sense. But as soon as you start using this intelligence as a political or partisan tool, yes. that's when people stop trusting ASIO and work doesn't get done. And he was very clear that ASIO was not here to be politicised and that, you know, it would undermine credibility if they were to be seen as a partisan player. And he, he was really clear about that. Yeah. But I feel like that is being lost in the political attacks against each side. I'm going to say that it's like it, it may be getting lost in the political attacks, but mm. I think Actually, the the reaction is building. David Spears recently wrote an article basically saying, you know, why is Scott Morrison playing fast and loose or play, basically mm. playing dice with national security for political purposes? David Spears, who is an extremely right-wing biased journalist. What? Very. Oh, my God. Very. He is not. You can't say that. I can. No, you can't. I can. I just did. And that is incorrect. Well, why uh, would you say uh, he's right-wing? Right-wing because he, he leans towards conservative. He's, he leans towards conservative issues. What? He does. He's a very – he has – if you watch Indecisiders, which I do. I don't know why I waste oh my Sunday God. Right. But I he does. He pushes a very he pushes a very conservative line. Yeah, he does. Right. He does push a more conservative than a, a left wing oh line. But this is the interesting thing. He's been very supportive of the government. Right. Now the thing is, when he turns yeah, around, yeah. But you and know says, what's really interesting? I'm just going to jump in right yeah, now. Yeah. No, that's fine. Because, I love this. Because with journalism, I get this all the time, especially on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I say one thing, and people think I'm a liberal stooge. Yeah. I say another thing, and people think I'm a left leaning, you know, hippie yeah. who doesn't give a fuck about government. Yeah. And it's like, well, you can't really win. I can be centrist. Yeah. I can have both thoughts at one time. Yeah. But all right. Well, if you watch something like Insiders, there is a. I do believe But I do think sometimes a journalist's responsibility, particularly on the ABC, who I find quite left-leaning, I do think it's a journalist's responsibility to push people on certain thoughts and processes and to get them to answer in an honest way. Oh, definitely, definitely. But there is also that idea that uh, there was a a really interesting point. It was in one of the elections that he was covering, David Spears was covering, and the Liberal candidate was not doing well. The, the, and it is. The, the reaction, it was a really quick reaction as well, where somebody he basically said, oh, this is really bad, we're not doing well. And it was like a lot of people went, whoa, 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 whoa. you're meant to be commentating, you shouldn't be taking sides. Where if well, he said, this is bad, the Liberal Party are doing, uh, aren't doing well. But when it was like, we're doing badly, we're know. not doing well. I haven't so, heard that. I can't comment on that. But, I've never heard that. But here's yeah. the thing. He's written an article where he's like going, mm. you know, to Scott Morrison, dude, fast and loose, what are you doing? Because this is national security. Don't mess with it. Yes. Right. As you, know, as you said, you know, you, you call me the most left-wing person you've ever met, which I find quite comical because I, I don't think I am that left-wing. Oh, no, you and Andrew P. Street, let's be clear about that. And I hope he's listening right now because he's pretty left as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, we're, <laughs> we're sort of like, we're, we're suburban lefties, right? We're, we're suburban <laughs> yes. lefty dads, if you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah, you are. In the, like, funnily enough, my sons are beginning to develop their their political views, and you know, one of them. Usually, you become more conservative the older you get. Yes, I think you just smoke more too much weed, and then you're like becoming way. No, too I'm left. not smoking enough. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I've got one son who's like gone, mate. I'm ready to just blow Parliament up, which is like, dude, don't ever say that. Actually, no, you can't say that. No, you can't say that, <laughs> particularly around me, because I am obliged. And like, yeah. he's he's very angry that the fact that politics has become so enmeshed in this tit-for-tat partisan bullshit. Of right? course. And, like, we, we all kind of are angry about that. But I think when it starts to involve national security and ASIO, who are there to protect and 
help us, yes, then it becomes a problem. So, so what is Burgess going to be doing about this moving forward? Well, he's actually he made a comment basically that said, "I have spoken to people, mm. and if it keeps going on, I will be letting them know what is you know where this issue is leading them." Yeah, it's a bad look. Yeah, right? it's a very bad look. When we join ASIO, when I joined ASIO, who do you vote for? And Funnily enough, my my uh, youngest son, because he will have to vote in the next election, my youngest son, I said to him, you know, who are you going to vote for? And he went, the one with the dumbest name, um, which is like that's, like... that's like how I bet on racehorses, the pretty looking horse. Yeah, what that's the one. Yeah, what colour like, is Oh, my God, what's its name? Yeah. How fun. I'm going to vote on that. Which yeah. is the shortest jockey? Oh, all of them. Oh, um, it's, interestingly enough, though, I was super engaged. As soon as I had to vote, I was super engaged in voting and it was conversations that I had. And look, I voted yeah. Labour. I voted Liberal. Yep. I will continue to – I voted Independent. I will continue to vote the way everyone's meant to be voting and vote according to my electorate and who I think is going to serve me better. Yes. I, I, I do tend to take a broader view of which I know. Pu- which government is – Which is the problem. No, everyone no, 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 takes no. it too broad a view. No, not, a, not a problem in that I go, which government do I think is going to be the best for the country now? Right. So how do, how do I influence this? Well, the way I vote in the Senate and the way I vote in the House of Representatives. I'm going to pick the best candidate for Oh, my, my God, electric- you're one of those people who sits there with your piece of paper and does the numbers from 1 to, like, 16 and... Oh, no, 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 no. I do 1 to 100. Yeah, I do yeah, 1 yeah. to 100. Oh, my God, I you actually do walked, all I, of that, don't you? I walked in one year with... Were you there for an hour? Are they, were, are they standing there going, David, can you just leave? No, 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 Just no. vote already? No. put my pillow down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you, know, you bring your coffee, your thermos, <laughs> all right. Coffee, set my bong up, <laughs> yeah. you know. <laughs> The most important thing is when they when you join ASIO, they say, what political party, you know, what are your politics? And yep. you'll tell them, right? And a lot of people think, oh, I should say conservative. They don't care. You can vote whoever you want for, right? Yep. You, can't, you can't join that party. You can't join a union. No. Right? You can't join any organisation that has political influence because you work in an area that can have political influence, right? It can yep. change politics. Now, the whole thing is, and you've got to be non-biased. You've got to be able to – you could be a staunch Labor supporter, but you've got to look at a – like Sam Dastiari and the flights. Personally, I think it was a – Stupid mistake. Yeah. And also it was blown out of all proportion, but it meant they could get someone out of the Senate, right? Stupid move. Yeah. Now, if I was a Labor intelligence officer, my reaction would be, you're a freaking idiot, Sam Dastiari. Why did you accept those? Um, why didn't you declare it or why didn't you yeah. Why did you accept it, right? The same way if I was a conservative-leaning intelligence officer and there's a Liberal Party member who's been courted by, say, some Russian businessman, again, you're an idiot. This is so, not your job. let me ask you this question. Were there any instances when you are in ASIO that your bias affected your job? Me? Your political bias. No. Was there any instances where you were you were like a little bit more um, leaning to one side or the other? No, no. Again, it's you really are apolitical. There's this weird thing. It's it is strange. I'm very passionate about politics, I'm, I'm, but mm. more so as I get older. But what's really interesting was at ASIO, you would go. It was just like. A politician is just a function of government. They're yes. just a part of the, 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 the machine, all right? So really you do literally take your political hat off as you walk in the door and you get down to the job. Yeah. And it really is about the job. It's not about, oh, yeah, I want my t- side to win. And people that do have that kind of attitude, it didn't it, – 
you won't last in the modern yeah, it organization. Doesn't bode well. Back in the day, like I came in post Brigadier Spry yeah. and the Menzies era, which was very partisan. Oh, it would have been. Right. Now they had the Royal Commissions, they started this new organization. It had its problems as well. And the the current iteration of ASIO is exceptionally professional. Yes. And, and I think we're seeing that with Mike Burgess. Yeah. Uh, and well, what I'm liking and what I'm enjoying is I love his annual threat assessment. It gives us lots to unpack, but we're literally getting more of a peek inside the goings-on, a little bit more transparency. I just I think it's great. I just wish there'd be a little bit less politicisation. Exactly. So as as Burjo has said... I like how you're calling me Burjo, your mates now. Come on, Burjo. Yeah, yeah, all right. The Burge. <laughs> right, Burge. The Burge stuff. <laughs> we're never going to interview him now. No, I know. You're acting like your best mates. It's no, weird. So uh, Mike Burgess, as basically, as he said... He wants to be as transparent as possible yep. with ASIO. I, he wants the country to know when they've done it right. Yes. And he wants the country to know when they've got it wrong, right? But most of all, he doesn't want the country to know how it do, it's done. It's that old adage, you know, if you've ever watched a sausage get made, you know, politics and watching sausages get made, you don't want to see. You don't want to see. No. Well, we kind of do. We all want to know the glamour and the excitement no. and the, the little secrets in the background. We do want to I know. I don't about think this. there's glamour. Well, there is a little. I had a, I, I I had a really cool sort of electric blue silk tuxedo. Um, <laughs> that is not glamour, mate. Okay, so anyway, bottom line is we need less politicisation. Yes, maybe a little less of the dating apps, which is probably good for everyone. Just, Get out there and meet someone. Just be discreet, guys. And look, I, I, it literally popped up on my screen just then. Uh, something about COVID restrictions being eased. So. Go to a bar, have a drink, meet a nice girl or guy. And also maybe we need a little less of blaming China. We do need to stop blaming that. We, yes. We do need to stop using any intelligence as a weapon on ourselves. And right? I'm just going to ask you this, yep. just to finish up, what was your number one takeaway? from? Because I know you would have read and listened and done the whole thing. Was there a, yeah. a takeaway that might have been missed? The big takeaway for me was extremism, okay. right? The the rise of extremism, how um, terrorism is now no longer the number one threat. Yeah, uh, It's become espionage and foreign interference. That yep. really is the focal point. But the fact that extremism is rising but not in the places you'd expect, mm. particularly in schoolyards. Yep. They were talking about how older school kids are recruiting younger school kids yeah. into extremist movements. It's crazy. Which is like also, I mean, it's fed through online radicalisation. Yep. Well, a lot of that, they said that a lot of this happened because of the pandemic. Yep. More kids were on devices. Yeah, more kids on devices. But then once they got back to school, yeah. you had guys like focusing on individuals yep. to try and drag in. The other one was the whole idea of COVID extremism. It's leading to a move to anti-democratic extremism focused mainly on nationalism, racism, and yeah. you'll love this misogyny from incels, right? This is where- The this- incel stuff is really frightening. We need to talk. Oh, let's do incels. Let's do incels. Okay, absolutely, because I, I know a lot, I've done a lot of research on incels and I've reported on it and it's something that I've actually been tracking for a couple of years. Because uh, That to me is fascinating because I just look at incels and go, what's your- Freaking problem, man. Yeah. What is your I, problem? And it, it's something that is becoming more and more prevalent it's, and yeah. and the danger level is higher than terrorism. Well, this is something that Mike Burgess said. He said, you know, this is something we need to focus yep. on because it's not going away. It's no. getting worse. It's not getting better. Yeah. And the whole rise of populism, nationalism, racism, yep. incel-related activity, it is beginning to push against democracy and yep. we need to fix this. We do. Okay. Well, look, we I feel like we, we unpacked as much as we could. 
like in the maybe, time allotted. Yeah, but <laughs> maybe just like half a suitcase. Yeah, yeah. I'm really, really glad we because I was so desperate to talk about this yes. last week, and I'm really glad we went. Let's not talk. No, about it No, because a lot more has come out so in the much. wake of this. So next app, let's look at. Let's tap into like some of the extremism. We'll we'll, we'll yeah, listen yeah, yeah. to what Mike Burgess had to say about that, but also let's look at incels. Yeah, definitely. Because I think this is something fascinating that a lot of people in Australia aren't fully across. It's massive in England, really big in mm. America as well. Weird stuff going on in Canada as well. Canada. I mean, and when we look at when mm. we have a look at this extremism, I also want to have a little look at what happened in Canberra with the protests. Well, also we should look, if we're going to look at Canada, the yep. Canadian protests that are currently going how, on. Yeah, again, it's how extremism yep. feeds itself yes. through the world. Man, yes. we've just written our next episode. I know, right. On Jen, air. Yeah. There you go, people. That's what creative process is like. If you want to know anything else about what's going on in here, <laughs> want to ask us questions, suggest things to talk about, at iSpy Podcast on Twitter. I'm glad you said that really quickly. I'm getting really, really good at saying that now. I know. Lay I used off to the stumble caffeine. on it. Lay all off the caffeine. The no, no, that's the only drug I'm allowed to take <laughs> legally. Okay, bye.